Mothers are certain to give us life. Mothers give life and not death because they're young. Three times I have witnessed and experienced the honor and joy of birth of each of my children as they made their journey from the internal, the internal womb of their mother to the external world. I was able to relish the first image. I was able to acquire the first kiss, the first cuddle, as a nurse then laid each of them into our arms. I remember the smiles and the resulting comments of, of who the little one looked like and then the subsequent inspection. There was always an inspection counting all the toes and the fingers. I've always known the physicians. They've always been members of my congregation here in Staples. All trusted pro-life physicians. All allowed me actually to videotape the um, delivery in a very discreet manner. All, all allowed me to cut the umbilical cord. And I remember the immense responsibility of filling out the paperwork the new name, the new name that was assigned to this precious baby. Seen just yesterday, I put the name Joy or Hope, Charity or Christian. Truly those days were the, the best. And I considered those birthdays of my children Mother's Day. Because it was the pain and the turbulence and the anxiety and the labor of their mother and my wife. As I contemplate those moments, I'm reminded of a story, a story in Scripture that tells of a couple of prostitutes, a couple of prostitutes who each gave birth to a baby. If you're joining my, me by way of television or radio, the Scripture is 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 27. Scripture reminds us always that from Genesis to Revelation, it's a learning experience. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 27 shares. Now two prostitutes came to the king, and keep in mind the king is King Solomon, and these two prostitutes stood before the King Solomon. And one of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. And during the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and she took my son, my son from my side, while your servant was asleep. And she put him by her breast and put her dead son on my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely, in 
the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son that I had given birth to. The other woman said, No, no. The living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, no. The dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king Solomon. The king said, This one says, My son is alive and your son is dead. While the other one said, No, no, your son is dead and, and mine is alive. And then the king said, Bring me a sword. Bring me a sword. So they brought King Solomon a sword. And King Solomon gave an order, cut the living child, cut the living child in two, and give half to one, and the other half to the other. And the woman whose son was alive was, was filled with compassion for her son, and said to the king, King Solomon, King Solomon, please, my lord, give her, give her the living baby. Don't kill him, don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then King Solomon gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. King Solomon knew what a true mother, a true mother was and how she would respond. King Solomon knew that mother's love, a mother's love would, would compel her to lay down her wants for the sake of her baby's life. This brings us where we are today. I was a part of a political party that was always pro-life. I'm no longer part of that political party. I did not lead that political party. The political party left me, left the biblical and scriptural understandings. I couldn't believe it when I heard recently a politician describe, and he himself, a politician, and he himself, a medical doctor, had the new law which would allow a baby to be born lay that baby, him or her, on the mother's breast or on a table, making the little one comfortable, and then proceed to have a conversation with the mother as to whether or not to end the child's precious life. This conversation, folks, by way of radio and television, this conversation was happening in the United States of America. I could not believe my ears. You know, whatever happened to our biblical scholars, our biblical scholars, and whatever happened to the commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, thou shalt not kill. I believe that 2 Timothy truly reveals the time the times in which you and I are living. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for, 
For people shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous. They shall be boasters. They shall be proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural. The emphasis in Scripture there is without natural affection. They will be truth bearers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. King Solomon understood a mother never kills her child. She only protects that child. Children are the greatest, greatest natural resource and gift that we can have. And in this story, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 27, and also in, in Timothy's life, this story, the true mom was revealed as the one who willingly put her child above herself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is oftentimes referred to as a love chapter, and I call it the mother's chapter, because it talks about, though we speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, we are as a noisy gong or playing cymbal, and that's not Randy Tabor. That's God's word saying that, because people are twisting God's word. They're becoming more isogetical than exegetical. They're seeing more what they want to in their own eyes than exegeting the scriptures. In these days, we must remember the treasure. We must remember the gift and the blessing that the children are. One of my first funerals was a, a child, a baby, some 47 years ago. It was during the holiday season. It was a pre-Christmas party. And the baby was laid on a bed in rural Wrightstown, Minnesota. And sometime during the night, as people were coming and going and, and coats were placed on the bed, the, the baby was suddenly forgotten. And we don't know if the baby actually died from a form of crib death or suffocation. And even to this day, I shudder of the fact that that pre-holiday Christmas party that that little baby died. And I had that little baby's service. And every time I see a little baby, I think of that first service that I had. The first funeral service I had was this little baby, this precious child. And how this little precious child would have made a contribution to the lives of people even today. And these little ones are worth our time, they are worth our attention, and lives as they have an eternal living soul that will live forever. We are to invest in our children, invest in our mothers, our families, as they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. In our time here on earth, together is just a preview, just a preview, for eternity. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You know, Jesus lived in an agricultural society. Most people lived off the land, leading, tending crops, orchards, sheep, goats, and chickens. In Judea, where Jesus did some of his teaching and his preaching in and around Jerusalem, the land was rocky and rough, not particularly suitable for crops. But sheep could be raised on such land as shepherds were willing to live 
complicated theological idea, he used the agrarian language, specifically metaphors about sheep and goats and sometimes fig trees. And if by contrast his task was to make sense while speaking in person in a 20th century Americans, he no doubt ditched it in his sheep language and, and talk and stand about the high-tech stuff and mothers and fathers instead of telling us that, that he's a gate for the sheep. He might say, I am the portal, I am the home page, or I am the universal remote control. Though given our addiction to technology, Jesus still might be tempted to add it for the sheep. There are many dangers to my spiritual life and to your spiritual life. I remember on many Mother's Days, some nearly 50-some Mother's Days, as I thought back on my attendance, we always were in church on Mother's Day, and every Mother's Day was a day that, you know, I would never take a vacation day. And I think of Mother's Day without, of course, of thinking of my mother, and how my mother had that lifelong impact and, and wisdom she poured into my life. I've been privileged to have her for, you know, 68 years. I speak to her every morning at 7.30 and 7.30 at night. And it was only on times of deployment and being out of the country that we would get delayed messages to her. And nearly daily, when I'm in the midst of making decisions, out of my memory comes an impacting teaching moment that was shared with me by, by my mother. My mom, my mom truly lived out Deuteronomy chapter 6 through 7. Each and every day, those words that say, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you, you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And I'm sure that Moses and Paul in writing to the church at Corinth reminds us, though we speak with the tongues and men, angels, we do not have loud ears, noisy gong, or clanging cymbal, though we were to martyr our life, did not have love, we are nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not insist on its own way. Is not arrogant, is not rude, does not boast of oneself. I could certainly write a book recounting all those experiences of mom and dad, but only I had a little space, so I, I decided just for the fun of it, I would get a start and share the list first few that came to mind, here we go. Mom taught me to always put God first. Always put God first in my life. Mom taught me to always put my spouse, my spouse after the Lord, and, and that the children should surround us, never come in between us. Mom always taught me to place the children first before anyone else outside the family their needs were to be number one, biblically based. Be, behold, she would say that children are a heritage from the Lord. 
according to Psalms 127. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit, the early fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the one who has his quiver full of them. You shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with your enemies in his gate. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. My mom, my dear mother, I, I hope told you to take care of yourself, to take care of your body, because your body, your mind, your soul, and your spirit is a, is a temple of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit by exercising and watching what you eat, and I can't tell you how many diets we went on together. Mom taught me to laugh, even though sometimes the laughter made, maybe came at the wrong time, but laughter was help. Laughter was help to the body and, and the mind as you would like in Jesus. When Jesus says, suffer not, and hinder not the little children, come on with me for such loving kingdom of God. Some of my greatest pictures I love were Jesus telling stories, and I'm sure he's laughing and sharing the excitement of those moments. Proverbs chapter 17, 22 says that a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Mom taught me to um, save money, even if it's just a little bit, because over time it would add up. It, it would be there on the day that I would need it. While that it's certainly proven true during this virus and tremendous scares that you and I are encountering. Mom told me to work hard and whatever I do to do it well with, with my brothers, which I have two. There was definitely the opportunity to, do, to put this principle into practice for the future. Colossians chapter 3, 23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto humans. Don't try to get humans approval. Try to get God's approval at all times. Mom taught me by her example to read the Bible every day, every day, and I started reading it. That was the first book I read, starting at four. Hardly a day would go by that I haven't read the Bible, spent time in God's Word. She taught me by her example to read my Bible every day as well as to be on my knees praying before bed every night as that it is a place where God would meet me. God would meet me and my needs. There are times when I see mom on her knees and I would realize that she was kind of doing what John Wesley's mother, Susanna, did. Whenever Susanna would take her apron and throw it over her head, with 17 children running around, the children all realized that when mom had her apron over her head, she was in prayer. Mom taught me by her living example to honor those older, older than me. And those who are placed in authority over me appreciate them, give them respect, share gratitude whenever you are able to. Mom instilled in me the importance of making prayer the hub. You can always visualize a wheel in the hub. Prayer was the hub of my life and, 
and what it means to make my request known to the Lord and to expect a good report. Philippians chapter 4, 6, and my son and one of his big biceps. He has that portion of scripture tattooed where it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Philippians chapter 4, 6. Mom taught me to live life, to have fun, to fully enjoy each day, to love God with all my heart, mind, body, and spirit, and always encouraged me academically to try to get to the highest and the best, always looking at what was going on in society. And not allowing society to come into the church, but the church to go into society. Christ was above culture, not culture above Christ. Mom taught me to live life. Mom taught me how it was so important to be confident to those that need confidence. To be a confidant to those who need a confidant. Mom taught me never to gossip, be so close-lipped, so close-lipped. And I remember her saying this a number of times, be so close-lipped that a parrot, that a parrot living in your house would have nothing to repeat. Philippians chapter 4, 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Mom certainly instructed me on how to do laundry. I learned to really love laundry even at a young age. I learned to separate the colors from the whites by experience. And among other important details, to be sure to check all pockets before throwing it in the machine in case of cleanings, important papers, or money. And I can honestly say that up until just a few years ago, I didn't run a wallet through a washing machine. That was my first wallet, and it's been washed twice. No need for a new wallet. I could never quite understand why the women needed a new purse every once in a while, but I sat on that same wallet for years. Mom taught me to protect my family and not speak bad of my church or siblings to anyone with rambunctious brothers. That was hard. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Mom instilled to me that before cooking and baking, pray over it. It worked for her as everything she made was delicious. Mom encouraged me when I was discouraged and would maybe whine and she would say, Randy, you'll make it. You'll make it. Why? She then would emphasize, because you have to. You have to make it. In other words, you have to, no choice. Mom told me and reminded me often, live your life so pure, live your life so godly and clean that if someone says something bad about you, they won't believe. The acquisition. The acquisition. Mom told me and reminded me that when you get married and you have children and they do something dumb that embarrasses or 
or irritates you, remember you were once a calf yourself. Growing up on the farm, I hope you know what a calf is. Father, this morning with every head bowed and by way of television, by way of radio, we are thankful for our mothers and for the numerous life lessons they have taught us. Even when we didn't know they were teaching us. And with every year that passes, I am continually reminded of those principles that were taught through word and deed and precept and example. And I'm so thankful that, they're, that I'm following their precepts and my, our grandchildren are frequent worshipers. They left a great impact on our lives and our marriages and our families. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be mothers that have terminated and, and butchered or aborted or sacrificed their children at the altar of Baal and Moloch, as the Old Testament proclaims. And God, you grant forgiveness of sin for those. They need to just reach out and repent. And mothers and fathers, by way of television this morning, may we repent. May our authority be the word of God. Every head bowed, every heart open. Would you pray this prayer with me, dear Jesus? Help me, O oh Lord, to follow your will in your way, to discard the ways of the world, and to build my life and that firm rock. time we have a presentation and Marie would you come I asked Marie here a couple of weeks ago to share and um, she was so gracious to share and we're trying to utilize as much as possible and Marie comes we're going to have our second number and Marie would you get um, position as we turn to our second number
that are here and the mothers that are everywhere and those that aren't, aren't in an earthly body anymore. We just ask you to be with the families that are suffering right now and that uh, feeling that great loss. And we ask you to be with those that have mothers that have abused them, Lord, and bring new, renewed forgiveness into their hearts. Lord, we don't know what everybody goes through in life, but I had a beautiful mother, and I just thank you for her. And, and she lose her cool, too, just like any other mother, but mostly she was just taught us how to pray and how to um, just be good children and, excuse me, um, amen. But yeah, my mother, she, uh, when there were nine of us children, but I remember mother taking us that when we were going to bed, we'd sit on the bed and, or she'd sit on our bed and, and teach us the Lord's Prayer and, and I always had to, when you, you, you know, the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive those who trespass against us. I had trouble with trespassing against us. <laughs> and meet us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then we'd be saying, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And that kind of scared me. I thought, well, you know, when you have to go to sleep and you're, what am I going to die here? You know, but she said the soul is different from, you know, your physical body. You know, the soul lives on if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And, but my, when Randy was talking about the births and that, and um, of the children, and I had five children, I was six one of them. Nine children, but anyway, and uh, that, that was another story. But um, when I had my oldest daughter, we've been married 11 months, and, and I had um, toxemia and uh, the measles. And so uh, when I had, had the measles, uh, the doctor had come to the house even and uh, saw me. He said, well, you'll have to go to the hospital and so I thought that I had to go to General Hospital which I mean I was supposed to go to Swedish but I went to General Hospital and was admitted over there and uh, and it was in the evening Eddie brought me over and my sister and uh, they made them leave and so there I was and uh, so I had they kept doing tests and things like that. And, and I had a nurse that kept me awake all night long. Do you see spots before your eyes? I didn't, but I was ready to say yes, you. <laughs> but that wasn't very nice. 
And then, um, anyway, I was in a single room, and uh, it was, the window was way up on the wall. I felt like I was in a jail, but anyway, then um, there was, they moved me to another room, and the minister came, that was on Palm Sunday. The minister came and uh, read the 23rd Psalm to me. I guess I got my glasses. I, I really know it by heart, but I you know, don't want to goof it up. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, and he restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely in goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord and my whole life forever. That's how I remember. But anyway, he had read that. And I'd gotten a newspaper, and I didn't even read that until Thursday. But what happened in the meantime, I am moved from one room to another, that's the third room, and I don't remember it, but during that time, I don't know what happened, but I'm going down this dark tunnel, and in the dark tunnel I could see black and red down below, and it was like a furnace-like thing or something, I don't know, but they were busy down there. And, but I was on like a catwalk, and so I'm going down, and it's real black inside there, and I can see this bright light, and it's brighter than any light. I mean, it's whiter than white. You can't even, I mean, it's so bright. At the end of this tunnel, that's where I saw the light, and there at the end stood a figure. I didn't see the face, I didn't see the top, I just seen a robe figure with a, like a rope around the waist or something. And then, um, and then I saw the pearly gates, and then I saw gold streets inside. And I says, um, I'm ready. And, they, and this voice said to me, uh, well, what have you done with your life? And I said, well, I thought I was a pretty good kid. You know, everybody thinks you're good yourself. No. Uh, and I said, well, I thought I led a good life. Um, well, well, what did you do? I mean, how many people did you tell about Jesus? And I said, well, I used to tell all my little friends about Jesus. And, and then one day, when I was telling my friends about Jesus and that, but um, this man across the street, the father of some of my friends came marching over and, and I was standing on the hill where we lived in. And he said, don't you ever do that again. I said, what? Don't you ever do that again. And I said, well, what did I do? Don't you ever do that again. And I said, what? 
tell them about that Jesus. And I, <laughs> I just looked at them, and I kept telling these kids about Jesus. I didn't care about that. And so anyway, um, the boys said to me, uh, now you've got to see your sins. And so we kind of went over in another area and showed me my sins. And at that time, I, um, you know, forgot most of them. But there was one that I remember. I had gone to the drugstore with a girlfriend, and she said, come here, Marie. And I said, what? She said, come here. And I had a jacket that hole in the pocket and in the lining. And she stuffed all these candy bars in it. Well, then we had gone outside the drugstore and ate a candy bar. And that was the worst candy bar I'd ever eaten. But now we'll remember that. And, um, but anyway, he said uh, that I was as guilty as that person because I had let her do that. And so, but I, he says, you can't come in now, you have to go back, but you're going back a different way and you won't remember it. And uh, so uh, that reminds me of we all have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And, and oh, and then I saw my daughter, she was born on Good Friday, and I thought how much more the Lord suffered on that cross than I was suffering. And then uh, this, when they delivered her, they put me out right away and, you know, had a pesiotomy. But my daughter was born with the measles and toxemia. She was red and, or red and blue, and she was in the incubator, and they, I didn't see her from Good Friday till Easter morning, and they always said she was upstairs. And when I'd ask where the baby was, she's upstairs, and that I thought she had died. So I just asked you, Lord, to bless you and and all these mothers and happy, happy Mother's Day. And I have five children, or but one passed away and went to the Lord. Okay. <laughs> I think I've been signaled to that set. God bless. Oh. And uh, thank you for all. And, uh, and I love all my children and the same. And this, my mother did too. And she said, he said I, she said I had two minutes. And, uh, but uh, my mother, uh, one of her cousins wanted to adopt one of the nine children of us. And my mother says, nope, I'm not giving any of my children away, and I love them all the same. So, amen. Mike, would you please come? A little bit too much. Mike? Thank you, Marie, um, for sharing that, that personal stories, and people always appreciate the stories. And, and I see you going to relay a little back, back there. And, uh, if Mike comes, here and following Mike's number, we're going to close out that, um, with a hymn. Thanks again, Marie, for that personal story. I, I've heard it a number of times, but it's, it's good to hear it again. Yes, actually. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, I'm kind of up here ad lib. I didn't have anything prepared for Mother's Day. 
What what I do want to say though is we owe them so so much. A mother gives birth to us, nurtures us, shows us the meaning of love, respect, the family. My mother taught me, not that I ever did it, but how to wash clothes. I do it now more, but how to how to cook. And as I grow, the value of my mother increases. Because as you go through life, look back on, on things, oh yeah, my mom told me about that, or my mom showed me that. I would just like to give a very heartfelt thank you to all the mothers out there within the sound of my voice. My mother not only gave birth to me and taught me stuff, but she put up with a lot. <laughs> she, she put up with my lies, my doing stuff I wasn't supposed to do. And what did she do? She showed me stern correction with love. That Father's God, Father God's a, how he deals with us. Yes, we do deserve much more than we'll ever get. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for that. But God uses a light rod. And most time, I look back and I make a mistake of, oh yeah, my mom taught me that. And I know how to, how to correct myself. And sometimes I find myself doing things that I sit down and say, no, I don't want to do that. That was a lesson from my mom. So again, I just want to thank all you moms out there. You're awesome. You gave the miracle of birth to your children. There is just no other way on earth to explain the birth of a child, the creation of a child. It's a miracle. Two cells come together to form this. It doesn't make any sense. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you, Mother, for giving birth to my flesh so that I may come on earth and do what I can to honor God and to make you proud. I love you, Mom. I love all you moms. Thank you. This time we have another number. Thank you, um, Mike, for that fine cheering. And, um, touches our heart. And we've um, known Mike's parents and I periodically check in with my father doing and they have some health challenges. And keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Listen to our third number here.
members of our staff came in today and had results. service by way of radio or television here. Um, this is the love chapter. We oftentimes read this at um, weddings, but I oftentimes share, share during Mother's Day. It's a gift of love. If I speak in the tongues of, of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body, so that I may, be, may boast, but do not have love, I do nothing. Love is patient. This is a report card for you and I, men and women. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, it's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the, the partial will come to an end. And when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I've been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Father, this morning we celebrated Mother's Day and the great force that's been at work in our hearts and in our lives, the legacy. We pray that you bless the families that are listening that way of radio or television. We pray, Father, that they would be honored as we have been honored to come into their homes by way of all of the United Methodist Church and a great privilege being on radio and television, and many who are unable to go to church but consider their radio, their television, their program, all of it, their church. Oh God, continue to give us clean hands and clean words and clean thoughts. Help us to stand for the hard right against the easy wrong. Save us from heaven's that aren't. Teach us to work as hard and play as fair and nice side alone with all who is on. 
Forgive us when we are unkind and help us forgive those who are unkind to us. And keep us ready to help others at some cost for ourselves. And send us chances to do a lot of good in every way and every day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.